Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this program for selfish reasons. We planned on visiting cities earlier this year, spending some quality time, not as tourists, but pretending to actually live there to get a real sense and flavor of the place. We made one trip earlier this year, which was great, and we were planning for the next trip. Then COVID hit. Yes, unfortunately. A little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, South America, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I'm not Asian, born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the country who have moved to venues of their dreams and more, and we will share their intimate secrets. Whoa. Just kidding. But we will offer information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Welcome, ladies and germs. This is the 2020 year-end wrap-up show for the Retire There podcast with Gil and Jean. The show where each week we chat with retirees about their adopted city. Yes, we only started the show in November, and we're doing a wrap-up show two months later. So, Jean, I have to tell you, I am really proud of us. We're both so am still I. good. We're both still working full time. We're in busy jobs, but thankfully we're employed. Not having the commute, of course, has been a godsend. Driving to and from work can be stressful. BQE can be a bear, and there are some nasty drivers out there, which is why I know you enjoy taking the express bus. But I didn't want you to do that anymore because I just didn't want you to risk it. So while I can be a pretty aggressive driver at times, zipping around in my little golf, there isn't much one can do when you're stuck in the center lane of Interstate 278. And by the way, it was then that I discovered podcasts about, I don't know, four years ago. I started to look forward to that morning commute more and more and equally enjoying the busy commute coming home because I would listen to podcasts. This was your idea, Gene. How did you come up with this? How did I come up with this? Well, as you well know, I've always thought you should either be on television or on the radio because you have a great voice. (laughs) I, on the other hand, have... The face for radio. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I always thought you'd be good at it. And then, you know, we we started to look look at places to retire. We went to one place in Florida, and it was okay. We came back, then COVID happened, and I had this idea. Hey, let's do a radio show. No, we can't do a radio show because no one's going to hire us. Oh, let's do a podcast. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, you're right. We are opposites in some ways and totally together in what matters. Listeners, Jean does not enjoy public speaking. I actually don't enjoy it. But yes, believe, you do. No, no. But I believe <laughs> it's a necessary evil. I have forced myself to do it in numerous forums, from practicing labor law, which I still dislike, where your opponent 
And he is, by the way, an opponent, an adversary. Some call it the enemy. Ugh. And they will sling mud at you. It's not for the weak of heart. Every time I had a case, I would prepare all night and utterly stress myself out to the point where I'd wake up throughout the night jotting notes, points, arguments. And if I won cases, it wasn't because I outwitted my adversary. Well, occasionally I did. But it was my ability to truly know the facts, the arguments, and the tiniest of details. Oh, I remember those days. You were a wreck every time you had a trial. (laughs) But I have to say, the podcast idea was really mine, originally. My original idea was to host a podcast called Ethics Officers Anonymous. Boring. A forum for and about whistleblowers. It's still in the back of my mind. Having experienced retaliation several times in my career, and I'm not at liberty to discuss anything due to a little agreement known as the non-disclosure. Do you remember that little episode on the good fight, the animation on non-disclosure that had us rolling, remember? Yes. I had plans, though, to interview whistleblowers domestically and abroad. It would have been a lot of work, fascinating work, but more importantly, it would be healing. Hmm. Never say never. Like, hold on for a second. Are we really doing a show without a guest? We need a guest. No, this show is just a year-end, a year-end get-together with you and I. I think it will be cathartic to talk about what we've done and what we've learned, and we owe it to our audience. I'm really quite happily surprised that we got as far as we did. So let's talk about what we've learned. What we've learned from our guests, what we've learned about podcasting, and what we've learned about ourselves, about each other. One, what have we learned from our guests? Well, I can tell you what we've learned from our guests. When we started this podcast, I thought we sort of knew where to retire. We had a general idea. Now, after speaking to these guests, I think we have absolutely no idea where to go. Yeah. What do we do now, Gil? (laughs) I think we keep doing the podcast. I guess we have to. I think we keep doing it until, well, I plan to retire before you. You have to work for at least another four years, right? Before you get your full (laughs) pension. I will continue to listen to podcasts about financial you know, investments, all those. And and by the way, audience, there are at least 50 podcasts on retirement savings, retirement planning, and so forth. I agree with you that we have learned where not to retire to. (laughs) I think so far, we've learned a lot. Everyone's unique. People move for various reasons. Some relocate for financial reasons. Some relocate for better climate, some to downsize and to a nicer venue, and some for a new beginning. And that most everyone we interviewed has been happy with their choices. Well, almost everyone. But you know (laughs) what? Again, if we interview someone who moved there with the initial thought of loving the place, and then things happen or the unexpected occurs, well, then they will look to move again. In fact, one of our guests, our friend from Sedona, didn't he move again? Yeah, he told me that uh, he called 
he he texted me about a month after we did the the podcast and he said he was moving to a town i think about 20 miles away even though he said he loved sedona but we'll, we'll catch up with him later yeah it's my understanding that he stayed in uh nearby because he loved the area but he found a really nice house um further north so we'll see we'll see if we cover him again I think right now that's our most downloaded episode is Sedona, yes, is. Arizona. So a lot of people must want that kind of environment. But personally, though, the thought of moving from everything I know frightens me. Our house has doubled in value, which is amazing. But if we sold our home and even cleared a profit of almost quarters of a million dollars, we couldn't afford to live in our own neighborhood. And we don't want a mortgage. So what do we do? We want a simpler life. We know that. Where it's easier to get around. Where people are less agitated and less nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> and where we live doesn't provide that. Not, not most of the things I just mentioned. Where people, though once we stop working, we might feel calmer in our present zip code. And we might not notice the annoyances. But our patience with cold winters. It's dwindling. Shoveling snow is no fun, and it's a lot of work. How would you not, know about that? Yeah, I wouldn't. Know. I was just gonna say I don't shovel snow. Well, I have a bad back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just Mister Fit. <laughs> <laughs> but for all these reasons, right? We want to move, and based on our research, it will be outside New York City. Well, New York City, you know, it's a great place when it wants to be, but it's crowded. It's really crowded. The people, people, you know, people say things about New York City. People, I love New York City people. They're really great. But like I say, it's just so crowded. And I want a place where I've always wanted to move to to a place where I could walk around, be free, and look at the woods or the mountains. I'd love to see mountains. <laughs> oh, I, I just like to breathe. I like to see the stars at night. And you like that? The stars at night. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. And it's going to really be tough because even though I grew up in New York and always said that once I had time, I would go do all these touristy things I haven't done. I actually don't desire to do them. And right now during COVID, I can take these tours of museums online and I don't have to move. So my lazy ass uh, isn't going anywhere. But you know what? For all of these reasons, we do want to move, right? And based on our research, it will be outside New York City. We think we can live nicely on our savings and from the sale of the home. I just want to remind you, these are my must-haves, as they say on that show. Are you reminding me or the audience? I'm reminding you and the audience. (laughs) I want a place with diversity. If not the people, then the food. But I think they're tied. I think they're tied to each other. I think if I get the people, I'll get the food. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you you do want the people. Yeah, of course I do. But you know what? Some of these places, I may not get the people. Not enough of the people. Um, I want a very close view of the ocean or trees, preferably right outside my window. Uh, a single story, a smaller home with a shallow pool so I could learn to swim. I know people say, oh, just what's the big deal? Just get a regular size pool. But for me, okay, this is my money. 
I will spend it the way I want. You want an eight-foot pool? Go for it. I didn't stop you, and I'm not going to stop you. But I want a four-foot pool, okay? And I'm going to get it. I just want to be able to float and not worry about drowning. I want walking distance or a five-minute drive to coffee shops, bookstores, and different ethnic foods. Again, I bring up food. As you know, that's important to me. And finally, I agree. I look forward to breathing in fresh air and seeing stars at night. So this brings us to how we set out to visit different cities in the mid-Atlantic region. As much as we love California, we didn't want to have to learn new things like what kinds of insurance to buy because of potential fires and earthquakes. Do we really want to learn that? I don't think so. I mean, too bad because I've always felt comfortable in California. The large Asian population and how long they've settled there, no one notices you. Or at least no one notices me. Yeah, I love though the California, but my problem is that it's it's gotten way too expensive. It's amazing how expensive it is these days. So for that reason, for me, that's out. For me, no one looks at you or treats you differently. It's really nice. I mean, in my entire life, pretty much. I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn since I was five and a half. Um, I moved away after college for a job. I moved to Brookline, so Brooklyn to Brookline. Brookline, Massachusetts. (laughs) Um, And then from there, I moved to Newark. New New Jersey. Jersey, Right. Well, that was law school, so I guess that doesn't count. And then I moved back to Brooklyn. So in all these places, I never felt that comfortable. I have to be honest. I've had people ask me things that they wouldn't ask their brothers or sisters. I've had people, you know, say, people have said to me, well, you speak English well. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It it doesn't matter. I, my ideal place would be where I guess no one would ask me those questions. No one would look at me. No one would ask where you're from. I, 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 I don't need that, but I do want a nice place. And if it means I have to deal with that, fine. But I want that pool. So, (laughs) okay, back to we did a lot of research, right? We created lists of cities and we planned to visit a new venue every other month or so. We took our first trip this past February. Um, We went to Winter Park, Florida, and it met our needs in many ways. The location was beautiful with cool one-story, modern, mid-century, beautiful homes, very clean-lined homes, which is what I want. And Gene will pretty much agree with anything I want, I think, in terms of a house. Except that that town is very expensive. I think we could find a home there, and we could afford it, or we could buy land there and build on it. Um, There are nice little sections right by Winter Park, close to coffee shops, restaurants, general shopping needs, It's right by Rollins College, a nice liberal arts school with presence, with its presence almost on every corner. Every every other property was owned by the college. So there was all this activity, and we both love college towns. But here's, here's where I had a problem. For some reason, I started feeling strange and got cold feet out of nowhere. I felt like I was being forced out of Brooklyn. Everything I knew was I giving it all up. I mean, you didn't seem to experience this, but I did. I don't quite know why this sudden feeling arose. It's not like you're going away to college and you'll be coming back anymore. I heard people's voices, 
this will be your last home. I mean, it's it's really sad. Yeah, that's weird. And I remember my father looking out the window during his retirement. And one day I walked up to him and he was calmly looking outside at the sidewalk and the street corner. I said, what are you doing? He calmly replied, I'm waiting for death. I mean, Gene, I have to tell you, the chill that went up my spine. I don't want this to be our last home, at least not for that reason. I think we're going to go somewhere, check it out, live there, try it out. If we like it, we'll invest, buy a home. But if we don't like it, we'll move. It's not the end of the world. But in any event, when we were in Florida, I just couldn't deal. And I started yearning for familiarity. I mean, it's one thing at our age, you know what makes you happy, or you know how to get to that happy point. And that is you reach down inside and you say, what would make me happy? It's okay to talk to yourself. I mean, (laughs) I would no longer, look, I would no longer have a career, no more headaches, you too. No more dealing with difficult, selfish people taking up air, not to lose track. Where should we move? So what happened? We got home from Florida. And once again, I did drive you nuts. And I apologize for eternity. And in the next month or so, you came up with the idea of this podcast. Why not interview people who have moved? Why they chose their destinations? Was the idea of moving away difficult? What were the psychological effects of any? And Retire There was born. Yes, I was. I just want to say, I know you had a little trepidation about moving when you you were in Florida. You know, honestly, I'm a little different. I have, since I was probably 12 years old, I wanted to leave New York. (laughs) Uh, Although I love New York City, I just wanted to feel free. What stopped me is that I fell in love with you and I stayed here, but I'm so glad that you're willing to move. (laughs) We'll see where it takes us. I know. You wanted to go to the Pacific Northwest. I'm kind of glad that we didn't. I'm kind of glad that you stayed. Of course, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't have our wonderful child, our baby, who's no longer a baby. And I do want to be near him. That's also another factor. Okay. I'm sorry. I digress. So (laughs) two, what have we learned about podcasting? Well, according to Daniel J. Lewis's My Podcast Review Stats, Apple Podcasts hosts 1.68 million podcasts as of this month, December 2020, whereas in 2018, there were 550,000 active Now, I understand those are active and 1.68 million, not all may be active, but regardless, based on those figures, it's three times the amount of growth in two years. About 55% of Americans have listened to a podcast at least once, up from 51% in 2019, according to the Infinite Dial 2020. 75% Americans are familiar with the concept of podcasting. Though from our experience, Jane, about 50% of our guests did not know how to download an episode or where to get it. In fact, many guests were embarrassed they weren't familiar, as if they were to be blamed for not being up on technology. 
You know that conversation you have with someone who's just bought a smartphone for the first time? You know that look of confusion of, I have no clue how to use this, but I know I have to buy this because this is what everyone else is using. But if you can explain a podcast to someone that is just a radio station with programs that you can listen to whenever you wish and keep them, it's much easier. Here's another interesting fact. Where in the world is podcasting growing fastest? Well, according to Vox Next in 2019, they released a set of statistics which showed the countries in which podcasting is growing the fastest. One, in Chile, 83.9% growth. Argentina, 55.28%. Peru, 49.1%. Mexico, 47.84%. And China, 43.62%. I don't have to repeat those statistics to you earlier on, how many millions, 1.68 million podcasts, are in existence just on one platform. The other thing we've learned is that podcasting does appear to be for youngsters. In fact, 70-year-olds are winning awards for their shows. The Asian American Podcasters first annual Golden Crane Awards of this past week. A seven-year-old won an award. I mean, she was so cute, so articulate, yeah, really cute. very technical. <laughs> Proportionately, people in the 12 to 34-year-old range group listen to podcasts more frequently than their older counterparts. Almost a half of all 12 to 34-year-olds listen to a show within the last month. But we are here to tell you that both of us are in our mid-50s, and there are many baby boomers making podcasts. And we're not talking about the professionals from well-known venues such as NPR or other news outlets. And finally, producing a podcast can appear intimidating, but it's doable. Like anything else, if you put your mind to something and watch enough YouTube videos, you'll get there. In our case, Gene is hardwired to take on this task. Just like when he brought home a five-inch book on how to write HTML (laughs) to create his first website. I will never forget this huge book. He brought into the basement and he sat there day after day and he learned how to code, how to create website language. Now, he's a law librarian by training, but he's really the techie in the house. Don't let that get to your head. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe she said that. He just doesn't have that fear with these things. He's also more patient, something foreign to me. Whereas I can figure out how to take apart a machine, but reading instructions is the most (laughs) painful thing. (laughs) Once my eyes start glazing, I'm gone. Now, Gene studied and compared the equipment and services that we needed, all at reasonable prices, since we weren't sure how far we'd get, and we didn't want to take a big financial risk. You know, we have habits of starting new projects and finishing them. But this one we completed. We actually completed. Yay. We both knew people who had relocated for retirement. Then we reached out to family and friends. Thereafter, we read tons of articles, watched videos, how to find guests. We spoke to friends, had them look for people. All the while, we had to learn how to properly record, edit, publish, and market. What about making the logo? Oh, acquiring the music for the intro and the outro. Yes. 
selecting the software for editing. Oh, yeah. That's selecting right. the podcast host. We selected Buzzsprout. Yeah. Remember that logo wasn't the first one? No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. I did do the logo. You I did took the logo care of the all logo. by yourself. Yes, you did. <laughs> I found the music. Well, we both looking at music, but I found the music. Yes, you did. After hours of listening to all these snippets. So why did you find the, find the music? You find the music because you're picky. <laughs> yes, I am picky. <laughs> but it had to be that bright music. It couldn't, so, it couldn't sound too juvenile. It couldn't sound boring. It couldn't sound elevator. It had to sound current and relevant, whatever that means. That tune clicked. Now, since I had been regularly listening to podcasts for about four years, I knew some things about the industry, and I applied those best practices. We learned as we went, I have to say, but the podcasting community is friendly and approachable for the most part. Like anything else, there are idiots, so you just need to try to avoid them and don't take it personally. Don't get defensive, which is what I'm really good at, but for the most part, people are willing to help. I think at the end of the day, our show is successful because we've gotten really good people, people who are intelligent, knowledgeable, and willing to share. So we've had good guests, Jeff. Yeah. So this brings us to what have we learned about ourselves and in general? One, that it's possible to do something new. This whole podcasting has been. You know, I, I don't really have the words, and that's that's unusual for me, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's almost as if we changed careers. You know, COVID was getting me down. Thank goodness I know my job well enough that I can do it in my sleep because I was worried that I was losing it. I lack the energy to do anything except for the necessities like laundry, cleaning, cooking, and not so much of the latter two. I was watching a lot of programs, you know, Netflix, Prime. I enjoy binging. But even that, after a while, I think COVID took the enjoyment away from me. Thanks to Eugene. You know, this whole <laughs> podcasting has really shown me that you could do something new. If you put your heart to it. And, and, I, and I think for me, if you weren't into it or if you didn't come up with the idea and you didn't have the excitement that you did, I wouldn't have come for the ride. I, I, I don't know that I would have done this. I wanted to do a podcast, as I mentioned earlier, but I don't know that I would have been able to do it by myself. I just I know I wouldn't. So I would know that. But yeah, I do. So I, I thank you hey, for, for me. Um, Doing it. For me, I love working with you. I love working with my wife. Um, I didn't know that before, but it's actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't kill ourselves, each other. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, not yet? <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's actually been fun for me. Yeah. No, I... I, I so do... you say, yeah? Yeah? No, not, I'm not going to kill you. been fun for me, too? I'm not going to kill you. But no. I oh, you say yeah. You don't say it's been fun for me too. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. For me. <laughs> I enjoy working with Notice you. I had to drag that one out of her. No, I really enjoy working with you, and you know that, <laughs> you listeners. This is not our first rodeo. There have been other projects. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, let's just say that they didn't get very far because someone 
gets really into it and then he loses interest. <laughs> I don't know why, but he does. What but, about the jewelry business? That lasted 10 years. Yes. I did make jewelry and we were on the road for 10 years. And once again, I thank you for going along with me. Yeah, that and, was and, not as and, much fun as this. <laughs> I loved making jewelry. And Gene, you were really good at it too. By the way, people, he made jewelry. My husband, <laughs> I gave him the design. I was the, you know, I was always the one in the creative scene. No, I no, the, no. I made the Gene one and the Gene two. <laughs> I had creative control. <laughs> but um, back to what we've learned. I really think that if you enjoy doing something, your creative juices will follow. They will flow and your energy will return. The other thing that we learned is that social media is powerful, more powerful than I ever imagined. All right, stop that. I had taken a long sabbatical from Facebook, but I'm now back in full force because there are so many groups and communities sharing information. Yes, I am using them as I'm sure they're using me. Um, and also, I've learned that I can edit these podcasts well, and I actually enjoy editing them. This could be because as an engineer, I've always been into details, tinkering, figuring things out. I get lost in the editing process. It's almost like making jewelry. It's cathartic. And well, we, so it's great. We are lucky that Ali2 makes it easy. That's our editing software. Okay. They're not going to sponsor us, so you can stop. No. <laughs> And, you know, what I really learned is so valuable is that we will always be here for each other. And <laughs> that's what made this worthwhile and successful. For all of you listening, we thank you for going on this ride wait, with wait, us. Wait, I have one more thing that I'm saying. I am painfully shy, especially when I was younger. But I've learned that you really can push ahead and do something if you really try and you really want to do it. I'm not as great as Gil at this, but I've I've come <laughs> along. Hopefully, I've come along, and it's been fun. Back to you, Gil. <laughs> well, I've had a lot of practice. Oh yeah. And whether it's <laughs> speaking to high school students on career day, professional conferences, I've kind of enjoyed it. So long as I'm prepared, I'll enjoy it. This editing. Ability is wonderful because I can edit anything out. Anything. <laughs> May I close? Yes, I just want to say Happy New Year and thank goodness we're getting rid of 2020. Yes, here, here. So, for all you listening, and I hope you're out there, we, <laughs> we thank you for going on this ride with us. It's been a lot of fun. We're grateful to everyone who's participated and generously shared their stories and time. We have episodes lined up and look forward to 2021. As Gene said, we hope will be a better year for all of us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And be safe. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you know of someone who relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at RetireThere underscore. Don't leave out that underscore. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, be well. <laughs>